Christ alone is the cornerstone. Um, Porkchop mentioned what the youth are going to be doing on Wednesday night. And uh, this, this is what we're going to do if, if you're not going with the youth on Wednesday night. We're going to have a worship service in here. Our children's ministry is through for the, for the year until uh, September. No, no, not through. They're changing gears. Shine is, is stopped. Um, and so we won't have a meal. But what we'll do at 630, uh, we're going to have a worship service in here. And so you come and, and we worship together. Get your copy of God's Word and turn with me this morning to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You know, our, um, our world has gone crazy, right? Man, it's just absolutely insane what we hear on the news or see on the news. It's just a... Nuts. That's really, it's nuts. And sometimes I, I, I lay down in bed at night and I, I question um, what in the world is going on, Lord. I know you're still in control. What, what's our responsibility? And, and, and what I'm finding is this, that many people think our responsibility is to prove everybody else wrong. Y'all know what I'm saying? Because we spend a lot of time stating our opinions on social media, we spend a lot of time, and there are a lot of a lot of time people are being criticized and condemned and run down and um, just truth's the truth, and I'm not going to lessen the truth. But I think rather than running everybody down that we disagree with. We've got to come back to the mission that Christ has established for His church. Believe it or not, there's not a single one of us human beings in here that qualify for the role of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) We may think we're the Holy Spirit in some people's lives, but the reality is we're not. There's only one Holy Spirit. He is God. He is the Spirit of Jesus given to live in us when we believe. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to a revival of mission in the Lord. How many of you have ever seen something you couldn't wait to get home and tell your family? Or you couldn't wait to pick up the phone and call and tell what you saw? Anybody? Y'all just boring, huh? When I was uh, my second year at Northeast, my, my grandfather in Vardaman passed away. And our family went down and we went through the, the visitation and the service. And, and I had to get back to, to Northeast for, uh, for ministry, uh, BSU ministry thing in the weekend or on the weekend. And so uh, I, I left Vardaman, the funeral home that, or the church there in Vardaman. I drove a Highway 8 to Houston to hit the Natchez Trace to come, come north. And and I'm just driving along there through the Natchez, on the Natchez Trace, you know, at 50 miles an hour, because that's what I do. Driving along there, and, and all of a sudden I was like, hit my brakes. It's like, what was that? What was that? I saw on the other side of a field the most incredibly white albino deer. 
Now, before you think I'm getting all fruity and thinking that was a sign from God, no, I don't work that way. It was something incredible. i never seen an albino deer before. And so I, when I got to a place where I could call, I couldn't wait to call my dad and, and, and let him know, you should have seen what I saw. Pretty cool experience. Now, a few years ago, we were, we were living in Kentucky, and, and one afternoon, I got this crazy phone call from my mom. My mom's like, hey, I've got to tell you about this new store in town. I was like, what? You need to know about this all deals, what you're talking about, all over the place. I bought this for this amount and this for that amount. And, and, and if they keep it up, they're going to put Walmart out of business. She probably didn't say that. I just want to say that for Brad. But she was so excited. And then every week on Tuesday, because it's senior day on Tuesday, I would get a call. Hey, guess what I got today? And then my brother and I put two and two together. They were calling both of us. They couldn't wait to tell us what they had found at Dirt Cheap. I am so glad that part of their lives has passed over. They're not addicted to Dirt Cheap anymore. You know, there are times in our lives, there are events in our lives, there are encounters in our lives that we so can't wait to tell everybody. We can't wait to, to put the word out. This is what we've seen. Or this is what we've heard. Or this is what's happened. But when, you, when we look at Acts chapter 1, Jesus is stating again the, the mission of His church to the world. His mission for the church is this, to tell others about Jesus. Now, I want to say this. This is not about being a theologian. This is not about having the answer to everybody's question. This is not about uh, standing behind a pulpit or behind a podium and giving a three-point-to-point sermon. It's not about that. When, when we think about God's mission for our lives to, to tell others about Jesus, it's about bearing witness to what we have seen Him do in our lives. Bearing witness to, to who we know Jesus is in us and what He's done uh, in our lives. And so, as we think about this mission, don't turn me off. Don't say, well, He's talking about sharing the Gospel again. That scares me. Look, it, it ought not scare us. Because if we change the world, it's changed by the Gospel. Not by the politicians. Not by the military, by the gospel. And the same gospel that you heard when you believed and were born again is the same gospel that can transform the world around us. Read with me, Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which He was taken up, after He, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom He also presented Himself alive after His suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. 
For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with, with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now that sets our context. Here's where we are contextually. We are between, we're between the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. Jesus has uh, died on the cross. He's paid the penalty of, of our sins, of, of their sins. He's, he is risen. Uh, they've seen Him in the garden. They've seen Him in that room where they had gathered together. They've heard His commands, Jesus' commands, to, to, to don't leave Jerusalem, wait for the promise to come. And, and as they're waiting there, they're about to experience this, uh, this, this blessing, this gift, of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So, so here we are, between the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And He, he shows up among them. He shows up among them. Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Him, saying, Lord, will You at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, here, here's what's happening. The disciples have this question for them because... Uh, they, they're still in this Jewish mindset about establishing the kingdom of Israel. And, and, and what's going on is Jesus has done something incredible for them. He's shown Himself to be incredible. And, and he is, He's leading them to, to the truth of the gospel in their lives. But they're worried about peripheral things. They're worried about things that really aren't the focal point. It's really not what, what Jesus is, is getting to. Yes, He is going to establish the kingdom. But, but that is not what they're to be worried about. I am amazed at how often we get caught up in the peripheral. We get caught up in, in all kinds of things to, um, to distract us from the one thing that Christ has said His church is supposed to do in, in bearing witness to Jesus. How do you think about this? End times. Now, I think we need to study end times. We need to know what Scripture says. Look, you know what the Bible says about end times? One day, Jesus Christ is going to part the eastern sky. He's going to step out. He's going to call His church, His bride, to go home with Him and to be with Him forevermore. Then when the church is taken out, the earth is going to experience seven years of judgment, seven years of horrible judgment. Uh, and at the end of that time, Satan will be thrown into the pit forevermore and Christ shall reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. That's enough for me. But so often in our society, we get caught up in, in all the peripherals of of trying to figure out what that beast with 42,000 heads means and all. Not, not that many, but you know what I'm saying. We get caught up in all these details that if the church is taken out and we're with Christ, those things aren't going to matter. And so, rather than get caught in the peripherals, let's think about what's the one thing. What's the one thing we're called to do? We do a lot of good things. A lot of good things in the life of our church. But if they're not about bearing witness to Christ in our community, in our home, then those things, folks, are peripheral. They're not the focal point. So, so they're caught up in that. Well, Jesus is going to set them straight. Verse 7. He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's not for you to figure out all the details. It's not for you to have all the incredible arguments and all the incredible points. It's not for you 
to win the battle against every little thing. Here is the point. As God's people, we are given the task to share Jesus with others. We are. That's the, 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 the priority task. And, and so if we are yielded to Him in obedience, here's your mission. Here's your purpose. To bear witness to what Christ has done in your life. Now, let me just walk through this. Six questions. Six investigative questions. You know these. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Actually, who, what, when, where, how, and then why. Okay? Let's think about this who. Who are we talking about here? We're talking about all believers. When he says to these disciples that are waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit that you shall receive power, that you is plural. It's not just for a, a select few. That you, when you read the, the, the Great Commission, you understand that this commission that is given by God to His disciples is until the end of the age. When is the end of the age? That's when Christ comes back to take His church. Guess what? We're still in that age. Christ has not come back yet. And so that you includes me and you. You understand that? You understand that you that we're talking about here? Who are we talking about being these witnesses? It's not for the select few. It's not for the, uh, for the hired hands. It is for everyone who believes the gospel and has been transformed by him. Listen to this quote. I forgot to write down who it is, but I want to share it with you. A man may be highly talented, intensively trained, and widely experienced, but without spiritual power, he is ineffective. On the other hand, a man may be uneducated, unattracted, and unattractive and unrefined, yet let him be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit and the world will turn out to see him burn for God. Do you know what that says? It says you don't have to be trained theologically. You don't have to, you don't have to be oratorial, uh, oratorically skilled. You don't have to be good at argumentation. But what you do have is to know Jesus. To know what He's done for you. And to be willing to confess that. And when you're willing to do that, the Spirit of God empowers you to do that. To, to do more than you could ever think or imagine. So it begins with this. Understanding that the who of this passage applied to our lives is every one of us who has believed the gospel. Okay? So look, how many of you are afraid of telling somebody about Jesus? Don't raise your hand. Are you? Well, I want to encourage you. Begin with this realization that God's purpose for you is to bear witness to what Christ has done in your life. To tell what Jesus has done. Okay? So, so this concept of bearing witness. Well, who? What? What? What are we talking about here? What is it that goes on in our lives? What is it that we are, what is it that we are to do? Well, we are, to, on the basis of our changed life, on the basis of our changed focus, on the basis of our changed conversation, we are to begin telling, speaking about Jesus. You know, if you you have encountered something that you just couldn't wait to tell anybody, you couldn't wait to tell your closest relatives, your closest friends. Well, when we when we understand the greatness of what Christ has done for us, when we understand that He died for our sins, I, I don't have to go to hell. 
I don't have to face the judgment of God. I am covered by the blood of the Lamb. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am saved. Then we can understand this is an incredible... I've been rescued. I've been rescued. And I want to tell people who rescued me. I want to, I want to lift my, what? So that, so that when our lives are so changed, when our focus is changed, and, and all of a sudden bearing witness is, is not such a hard task. What is bearing witness? What, is, what does it mean to witness? Uh, I know it means to take a track and knock on the door and stick that track in somebody's face and, um, and, 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 and tell them to walk through the steps A, B, C, and, and they can come. No, to bear witness is this. What has Christ done in you? What has Christ done in you? Look, it may be that that witness is, is salvation. We need to be willing to tell people how, when we got saved and how we got saved, how the gospel was applied to our lives. But listen, bearing witness for, witness for Christ also goes into life after coming to salvation. Some of you have been through some stuff. Some of you have lost loved ones, right? Most of us have. Some of you know what it's like for Christ to carry you through that, to give you hope in that. Do you know that when, in, in having gone through that, it's a great opportunity for you to bear witness of the hope and the joy of Christ when someone else loses a loved one? As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians says that the reason we go through trials and difficult circumstances is so that we can in turn bear witness to Christ to others, for others who are going through similar circumstances. So, it's a bearing witness, to, to tell, to, uh, it's, a, it's a legal term, one who, uh, who, has, who is willing to, to make a stand, to, to sit on the stand and avow what they have seen and experienced. Guess what? A witness is no good in a court of law if he will not open his mouth. We're called to be witnesses. You say, well, I, I witnessed to Jesus by my life. Yeah? That's not the biblical term of witness. The biblical term is this, that you witness by your life when your lips tell others how you came to Christ. There's a distinction. That word, that word here for witness is the word martyro. Uh, the, the word that we get the word martyr from. You know what a martyr is, right? That's someone who lays their life, gives their life, dies for their faith. And Jesus' point, his, his word here to the church is this, that you are to bear witness even if it costs you your life. Eleven of these disciples gave their lives in witness to Jesus. So what? We're, we're, to, we're to bear witness. How, how many of you? Has Jesus changed your conversation? Well, look, I, I'm not saying we can't talk about the weather, we can't talk about sports, we can't talk about our family, we can't talk. I'm not saying that. But are there times in your lives where you just can't help talking about Jesus? Ought to be. Especially if you're walking with Him. Because we ought to talk. We ought to talk, bear witness to Jesus in our lives. So, well, here, here you go. The third question, when? Who, what, when? When are we to talk about Him? Well, for these disciples, uh, they, they were given this promise that not too long from now, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
uh, the day of Pentecost uh, uh, in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit of God is poured out in fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. Uh, the, the, the Bible says that they began to speak and they began to bear witness and they began to share how Jesus died and how He rose again. They began to confront the, the, the sin in people's lives. And so they, they began to bear witness. So when Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit of God is poured out. They begin to bear witness. When should we bear witness? Well, according to Scripture, when you come to know Christ as Savior, Pentecost was God's Spirit poured out on the earth to convict of sin, to convince of salvation, to convert the sinner. But to, to the church, the Spirit of God dwells within. The, the Spirit of Jesus moves in us. Okay? And so when you come to faith in Christ, the Scripture uh, says that, that when you come to faith in Christ, you are given the gift of the Spirit. When you're given the gift of the Spirit, guess when you should bear witness? Anybody want to guess? Fall asleep. At all times. Because the Spirit of Christ lives in you. Spirit of Christ lives in you, then you ought to be about the business of bearing witness to Him. Looking for opportunities to interject Jesus into your conversation so that people can hear that it's Christ who has transformed your life. Mm. So when? All the time. Every opportunity you get about Jesus. Where? Where should we bear witness? I know. In Sunday school on Sunday morning, right? Yeah, in Sunday school on Sunday morning. But look, if the Spirit lives in us, He doesn't. He doesn't. We're not hotel rooms, okay? He doesn't come for a night and disappear the next morning. Uh, he comes and sets up residence in our lives, and therefore, wherever we are, He is, and wherever He is, we are about the business of bearing witness to Christ in our lives. We ought to be. We ought to be looking for those opportunities. So uh, whether it's in uh, on Monday morning at 8 o'clock, someone comes into your office or somebody comes to you and, and, and you can tell they're distraught. Maybe they've had a bad weekend. Maybe they received bad news. What a great opportunity for you to share Jesus with them. Wherever you are, be ready to share Jesus. Okay? Now, who, what, when, where, how? How are we going to do that? How is it that you and I are supposed to share Jesus? Well, look at what he says here in this verse. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. How is it that we're going to bear witness to Christ? Only in the power of the Holy Spirit. Only in the power of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Spirit in our lives is this. To bear witness to Jesus. You understand, John chapter 14, you can look at John chapter 14, you look at chapter 16, and you get this, this concept of the Spirit of God. Jesus is teaching His disciples before He goes away. And this is what He says, that when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to teach you, He's going to lead you in all truth. And the responsibility of the Holy Spirit was never, listen to me, never to take the glory away from Jesus. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit's job, number one priority, is to lift high the Christ. And so what the Spirit is doing is not, not to say, okay, we need to focus on the Spirit. No, the work of the Spirit in Scripture is to focus on Christ. 
So the role of the Spirit in our lives is this, that when we have the Spirit, we are to bear witness to Christ because that's what the Spirit does. You understand? If that's the priority of the Spirit, then when He lives in us and we yield our lives to His control, then our lives will be about bearing witness, telling others what Jesus has done in our lives. So if, if, if we don't bear witness, what does that mean? If you're not sharing about Jesus with others, it means one of two things. In your, well, I'll give you three things. Number one, you're hearing this for the first time, and now you know you're supposed to bear witness. But I'm going to say, for the majority of us, that isn't true. So, to us, it, it means you don't have the Spirit in you. Okay? The Scripture says if you don't have the Spirit, you don't have Jesus. That means you're lost and need to be saved this morning. Or, you're not walking in the Spirit. Galatians, Paul writes to the Galatians, walk in the Spirit and do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if we're walking in the Spirit, then what we, what we have, when we have opportunities, we are about the business of sharing Christ with others. Not trying to win an argument, not trying to put others down and disagree with us, but about offering them the hope we have in Jesus. So the role of the Holy Spirit is to make us witnesses. Well, how we how still how do we do that? Well, the Holy Spirit lives us, and He says, "You will receive power." Power. What's power? The ability to do things. Good answer. Power. Here, this word in the Greek is dunamis, or or some some say, well, this is the word for. Dynamite! Boom! Power. And in some cases, the Spirit of God just takes over and, and gives a power that just that drives uh, you in, in witness. But, but here, understand that, that it also, it's not just this power of force, it is this provision of ability. Provision of, of ability. There are two reasons most people say I don't bear witness. Number one is I'm scared. Don't be scared. Trust the power of Christ in you. Number two is I'm not equipped to do that. You know what this verse says? That when you receive the Spirit of God, you have the ability, you have the power of God's Spirit in you to begin to tell people what Jesus has done. You begin to say, you begin to declare the glory of how Christ saved you. You begin to declare how good God is. How many of you know God's good? Amen? How many of you can tell somebody today how good God is? We can't. If we're willing to recognize that if the Spirit lives in us, then He wants to use us in that. There's no excuse to say, I can't. I don't know how. If you've experienced salvation in Christ, you know enough to tell somebody else. Christ died for their sins. He rose again on the third day. And if you'll ask Him to forgive you, Scripture says He will. That's pretty simple. So you can. Why? Because the Spirit will empower you to do so. Sometimes, now, let me stress to you, 
Sometimes the power isn't experienced in our lives until we take that step of faith. You understand that? Sometimes we sit back and we, we act like a battery needing to be charged. Lord, you put that spark in me. I'll go do it. That's not what it says. When you take that step of faith, He will put that spark in you, that power in you, to accomplish the task. Why? Who, what, when, where, how, and why? Why? Second Peter 3, 9 says this, at the very heart of the Gospel, very heart of what Christ came to do. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You hear the heart of Christ? God's heart is not that we humiliate the protester that we disagree with. God's heart is not that we win the argument against others on social media or wherever. God's heart is this, that those people who don't know Him would come to Him and be saved. Statistics say that there are billions of people on this planet that have never heard the name of Jesus. You know what they need? They need somebody that will bear witness to Christ in their lives. Somebody that will tell them Jesus died for their sins and that He rose again and they can be saved if they trust Him. But think about it. We don't have to go to far sides of the earth. Although some of us are called to do that. Right here in our workplaces, there are people that need to hear about Jesus. In our neighborhoods, there are people who need to hear about Jesus. Young people, in your school, in your school, there are people who need to hear about Jesus. There are people at our family reunions who need to hear about Jesus. Oh, there are folks, there, there are people in our homes that need to hear about Jesus. And my question to you this morning is this. Will you be the one to bear witness to what Christ can do in their lives? Will you say, Lord, I, I, I want to bear witness to you. Maybe I've not been doing that. Maybe I've been doing other things. Maybe I've been caught up in the peripherals. But Lord, today... I want to begin bearing witness. Would you give me opportunity? And would you give me power? That's not even a question. He says there, you, you believe, you receive the Spirit, He will give you power. God, would you open my mouth so that I can tell others about Jesus? You want to be on mission and purpose? Start sharing Christ where you are. Pray with me. Father, in this room, there are people here that don't share their testimony because they don't know you. They don't bear witness to you because they don't know for certain that they do. I pray that in the next few minutes, those that are lost without you would hear how much you love them and 
what you've done, what you've done for them. And by your Spirit, I pray that they would come and they would confess and repent and that they would be saved today. Or there are people here that have shared a testimony or worn a title for a long time, but they've never known the reality of, of you in their lives. Father, I pray that today they'd come face to face with that. That they would come face to face with the truth that they're lost without you. they'd be saved. Father, your world is a mission field. Pontotoc County is a mission field. Every day we encounter people that are lost without you. Father, would you revive us as we step out in obedience today to share you to share Jesus with others. Lord, as we share, I pray that your spirit would win souls. Lives would be saved. Changed because friendship became obedient to the mission. In Jesus' name I pray.